This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It's the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse 11th Annual Season! The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is the seasonal series of radio drama recreations in which producers and actors from the modern age of audio drama recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is open to all producers and creators of modern audio drama to bring to a contemporary audience these classic plays. And now, over to the host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse this season, waiting in his seat in the balcony, Mr. David Alt. Thank you, Jack Ward, our announcer, and I'm your host for another feature here in the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. For those of you just arriving, the Playhouse has, for 11 years now, been featuring a multitude of different producers and performers who recreate some of the great plays from yesteryear in the days of radio drama on the air. Now part of the Mutual Audio Network, Sonic Summerstock performances can be heard on Sunday Showcase every week in July and August, or on the broadcast Mutual feed. And tonight we have a special performance from a new troupe to Sonic Summerstock, but with some familiar players. Larry Grobe presents Project Audion with The Oxbow Incident, directed by Pete Lutz and starring among the myriad of other players, some of Mutual's own with Pete... John Bell, Lothar Tuppen, Jack Ward, and... Oh, um, uh, well, the curtain is raising on tonight's Western performance of the Oxbow Incident. This is Project Audio, transcontinentally transcribed live with radio actors from coast to coast. Hi. Larry Groby from the Generic Radio Workshop. You know, in the days before television, America got its entertainment from two sources, radio and the movie theater. Everybody could hear radio, stations were across the country, and even the smallest of towns had a local movie theater. And so there were crossovers when radio stars went into movies and movies came to the radio. Hollywood came to the airwaves through shows like Lux Radio Theater, Screen Directors Playhouse, and Screen Guild Theater, with cleverly condensed versions of recent and classic films. Today we have an example, The Oxbow Incident, in a 1952 radio adaptation of a 1943 film based on a 1940 book. It's a gritty story about men goaded into vengeance and violence. 
These days, the great anthology series like Lux and Screen Guild have long since left the airwaves. And there's hardly any open theaters in which to watch a movie. So instead, let's listen as Project Audion's coast-to-coast -coast group of radio actors recreate the Oxbow Incident. One ticket, please. This is Charlie Ruggles. This is Edward Arnold. And this is Angela Young saying welcome to Hollywood Soundstage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, the doors of our Hollywood soundstage swing open for 30 minutes of exciting drama. A most unusual story tonight, one of the greatest stories ever brought to the screen. A gripping and realistic study of what happens to men when they become a mob. Hollywood Soundstage is proud to bring you, transcribed, 20th Century Fox Studios' magnificent motion picture, The Oxbow Incident. Based on the famous novel by Walter Van Tilburg Clark and starring Edward Arnold, Charlie Ruggles, and the Screen Guild players. I don't suppose many people would remember it now. It was back in 1885, you see. A small thing. Not much. You might say just an incident. The town looked almost deserted that day. A few wooden shacks, a blazing sun, one dusty, one dusty street and nothing moving. Just an old, tired, mongrel dog. Until that cowhand came pounding down the road, pulled up his horse in front of Darby's saloon, and yelled, Hey, man! Where's everybody? Where are you, man? The boys came piling out of the bar. What's going on? And pretty soon, the way they sounded, I could tell that something was wrong. So I left my place. I ran the general store, you see, and went right over to find out. Darby was the one who told me, standing behind the bar and polishing a glass. Someone got Larry Kincaid last night. They found him laying in a dry wash this morning. Dead? Shot right through the head. But who? Kincaid didn't have any enemies. Who'd do a thing like that? Been a lot of cattle stolen this year. So what's going on? You mean rustlers? Maybe. Jeff Farnley's taking it pretty hard. Him and Kincaid were buddies. Yeah, I know. And them other boys are kind of hot too. They found them rustlers. They might do something about it. A lynching? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'd seen things like that happen before. One minute, just a crowd of men. The next minute, a mob. You know, it's a funny thing about mobs. No one wants to be first, and no one wants to be last. 
But just let someone start it off and the madness spreads like a prairie fire. I knew they wouldn't listen to me, so I sent a lad running down to Judge Tyler. And pretty soon, he was there, up on the steps, facing the crowd. Believe me, man, I know how it is. My old friend Larry Kincaid, one of the finest and noblest gentlemen that ever walked Cut on the... Cut the stumping, Judge. We got a job to do. All we want is your blessing. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Farley, of course, can't flinch from what you believe to be your duty, but this is something that should be left to the law. By the time the law gets ready to act, them rushers be over Rio. Buddy <laughs> <laughs> Smith, and I'll have you up for impeding justice. Judge, you can't impede what don't hardly move. And you, Jenny Grier, a woman, to lend yourself to a thing like this. Ha, ha, ha. That's telling them, Ma. <laughs> Listen, men, the sheriff is down at Kincaid's right now. Judge, is that true? Sure is, Davies. He went down this morning. You see, man, everything's being attended to. Legally. You just need to have a long, hard ride for nothing. Dark soon. Mighty cold. My advice is to come inside and have a drink and wait until we hear from the sheriff. What do you say? Drinks on the house. One round on me. I'll up that, Darby. I'll make it two. I'll make it three for everyone but Jenny Grier. <laughs> We had him laughing. We were sure we'd won. Only just then we heard another voice. Level, hard, and cold as ice. What's the matter, men? Disbanding? Looks that way, Major Tetley. Brother Davies here just about convinced us. Of what, Mr. Davies? It, it's useless to follow these men, Major. They could be over the Rio by now. But they aren't. As it happens, they went east by Bridger's Pass. Through the mountains? That's right, Farnley, by way of the Oxbow. That's 8,000 feet up. They'd be crazy to go that way. Not so crazy, Mr. Davies, knowing how crazy it would look to us. Come east to shore, Major. My rider saw them. He hid in the woods, let them pass. He thought it was strange that they should be driving cattle up there. Cattle? Any marks? Yes, Farnley. They carried the B-bar H. That's Kincaid's mark. The dirty rats. How many were there? Three of them. Strangers. My rider said he'd never seen them before. Major, how were you so long bringing us this word? My son was out on the range. I knew he'd want to go along. Gerald, is that correct? I'm here, Father. Isn't that all that counts? It counts for me. Farley, you stay off that horse. I'm not asking you, Farley. I'm telling you. Telling me what, Judge? Now, now, now look, Jeff. You don't have to worry. This business will be taken care of. Yeah, 
and I know who's going to take care of it. Me. Now, Jeff, listen here. Whoever shot Larry Kincaid ain't coming in here for you to fuddle with your lawyer's tricks for six months. Kincaid didn't have six months to decide if he wanted to die. <laughs> Ready, Tetley? Major Tetley, you mustn't let this be a lynching. It's scarcely what I choose, Davies. Promise me you'll bring them in for a fair trial. I promise I'll abide by the majority will of the posse. Uh, look here, Tetley, you know that, you know what's legal. You can't have a posse without a sheriff. All right. What about me? What about you, Mapes? I'm a deputy. The sheriff swore me in before he left this morning. In that case, Mr. Mapes, suppose you deputize the rest of us. You can't. It's illegal. No deputy can deputize. What do you think, Major? Well, that's good enough for me. Me too, Butch. Go ahead and pray. Uh, <laughs> Mapes are violating the law. Raise your right hands. I hereby solemnly swear that I am sworn in as a deputy in the case of the murder of Larry Kincaid and am willing to abide by the decisions of the majority. So help me God. Now say I do. I do. All right, men, check your guns and your horses. We leave here in exactly ten minutes. Necktie party! Yippee! Ain't every day we get a hanging in a town as dead as this one. You coming, Sparks? No, sir, Mr. Smith. I don't guess so. Why not? We ought to have a reverend alone. There's gonna be some praying to do. Stop from Smith. Excuse me, Mr. Davis. Maybe he's right. He's joking, you sparks. Yes, sir, I know. But maybe someone ought to go that feels the way I do. Why, sure. Old Davis can lend you his Bible so to keep the barrel fitting and proper. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But I know my text without the book. You can take a horse from my shed, Sparks. Come along. We'll get him out. Thank you, sir. Sparks. Yes, sir? Uh, can that kid of yours ride? Sure can, Miss Davis. Just like an Apache. Then he's the only one who can go. Where, sir? Where to? Down to Kincaid's to get the sheriff. <laughs> Just a closer walk with you. wouldn't your father want you to be riding up with him? Sure. I suppose so. Major Tetley and son, riding out at the head of the pack. You don't like this thing, do you? How can you like it? Going out to hunt men like coyotes or rabbits? We're very brave, aren't we? Twenty-eight of us, sticking together, trying to tell ourselves we're noble and right. 
not one of us willing to cut and run because we're afraid somebody might think we're yellow. If you feel that way, why did you come? Because I'm weak. And my father's strong. And that's hell! You understand how that's hell? You didn't start this. It isn't your fault, son. If we get those men and hang them, I'll kill myself. I won't go on living. Remembering I saw it and was part of it myself. You could still go home. No, I can't. And even if I could, it wouldn't matter. I don't count. Gerald! I'm coming, Father! Say, uh, Davies, I just heard that Titley kid sounding off. What's feeding on him, anyway? Uh, lots of things, I guess. You know, he's not much like his father, Darby. He's soft. Besides, he's been sick a lot. Likes to stay by himself and read. Don't sound right in the head to me. Maybe not. But how would you feel if you knew your own father hated you? Mr. Davies! Is that you, Sparks? Thank you. Oh, not at all. I was feeling rather lonesome myself. Mighty cold here, ain't it, sir? Uh, it'll be worse later. Yes, sir, Mr. Davies. I sure wish we were out of this business. So do the others, but they're afraid to admit it. This man taking on himself the law's vengeance. Do you think the Lord knows what's happening here tonight? Yes, sir. He mocked the sparrow's fall. I saw my own brother Lynch, Mr. Davies. I was just a little fellow then. Had he done what they... what they picked him up for? We didn't any of us ever know. They lynched him without being sure? Oh, they made him confess. But it wouldn't have done any good if he didn't. Confessing just made it shorter, that's all. Yeah, it happens that way sometimes. Time to move, men. Let's get going. <laughs> we gotta have faith, sir. We gotta wait for a sign. I know, Sparks, but how long? How long? must be them up ahead. You can see their campfire. Would they be showing a fire if they were on the run? They would if they thought they weren't being followed, Davies. Now, men, let's not have any shooting or rough work until we've had a they've had a chance to tell it their way. The one that got Kincaid is mine. Don't forget that, Major. I won't, Farnley. He's yours. When we're sure. Gerald, you come with me. Mapes, you take six men and work around the back. We'll close in simultaneously. <clears throat> Mr. Davies, would you like a gun? No, thank you. Sparks? No, sir, Major. Thank you, just the same. As you choose. 
Let's go, boys, and good luck. There were three of them, camping right along the oxbow. A young fellow, an old man, and a Mexican. They were sound asleep when we rode in on them, but it didn't take them long to wake up. What is this? What's the matter? Don't move, young man, and put your hands up. The rest of you, too. You, Mix. No, sabe. That's all right, brother. You will. Gerald, collect their guns. What are you trying to do? What do you want from us? We don't want nothing. This ain't no stick-up, mister. This is a posse. But we haven't done anything. That remains to be seen. Gerald! What? You fool, don't get between him and my gun. What's all the mystery? Why don't you tell us what we're being held for? I'd rather you told us. Told you what? What are you talking about? Rustlin. Ever hear of it? Rustlin? And murder. Murder? Ain't we had enough palaver? Let's get it done and go home. That will do, Farnley. Who says so? Who picked you to be boss anyway? We got him. I say let's swing him before we all freeze to death. Yeah. There's a fire over there. If you're cold, warm yourself. All right, men. Bring the prisoners over by the fire. I'll question them there. Mr. Davies? Yes, Sparks? You think the chef's going to get here in time? That's what I've been thinking about. Suppose he doesn't get here at all. You have just heard the first act of 20th Century Fox Studios' great motion picture, The Oxbow Incident, starring Charlie Ruggles, Edward Arnold, and the Screen Guild players. Act 2 will follow in just a moment, but meanwhile, here's an important message from our sponsor, Irresponsible Mills of Oakville, Tennessee. Friends, have you tried Arrowhawk Real Trail Mix yet? Arrowhawk, unlike all those other so-called trail mixes, is made up of all those wonderful things actually found on the trail, such as tree bark, pine needles, pebbles, clumps of clay, leaves, bird droppings, and for an added crunch, those dried husks that locusts leave on the trunks of trees. But that's not all, friends. Coming soon from Arrowhawk is a brand new protein mix that includes delicious, chewy, dried earthworms. Mm, mm, mm. So remember, Arrowhawk is not available in stores. Contact this station and ask them to send you the all-new Arrowhawk catalog for 1952. And then you can order the Arrowhawk Real Trail Mix of your choice. Don't delay! If you're eating trail mix and break your teeth on a rock, chances are you're enjoying Arrowhawk! Another fine product of Irresponsible Mills, Oakville, Tennessee. And now, starring Edward Arnold as Major Tetley and Charlie Ruggles as Mr. Davy, 
Hollywood Soundstage presents Act Two of the Oxbow Incident. It was Major Tedley who questioned the prisoners. Very formal and very quiet. Too formal. Too quiet. There was something unhealthy about it. Something horrible. Deep down inside, he was enjoying himself. He took the young fellow first, the one who seemed to be the boss. What's your name, young man? Donald Martin. Where are you from? Ike's Hole. That's a lie. Mr. Smith. I get around Pike's Hole a lot. I ain't never seen this fella before. No, I don't. Moved in three days ago. Baker's Place. I bought it in Los Angeles last month. I gave him $4,000, sight unseen. Then, brother, you was robbed. <laughs> Emily is there right now, my wife and kids. Why don't you take me back and let me prove it? I'm entitled to a trial. You're getting a trial with 28 of the only kind of judges that murderers and rustlers get in this country. Do you have any cattle up here with you? I won't ask you again. Yes. I've got 50 head. Where did you get them? From Mr. Kincaid. That's what we figured, son. I didn't steal them, honest. I bought and paid cash for them. Got a bill of sale? Mr. Kincaid was out on the range. He said he'd mailed the bill of sale to me. Finally? Yeah? How long have you known Larry Kincaid? Ever since we was kids. Ever know him to sell any cattle without a bill of sale? Never. But he did. He'd tell you himself. Why don't you go and ask him? Quit bluffing. You know that Larry Kincaid can't tell us anything. Why not? He's dead. That wasn't enough for Tetley. He had to have fun with the other two. The old man and the Mexican. But the old man just kept blubbering. I didn't do nothing. And the Mexican kept insisting stubbornly. No sabe, senores. No sabe! No sabe! And still young Martin stuck by his guns, refusing to change his story a bit. I tell you, Kincaid was alive yesterday afternoon. He sold me those cattle to stock my place. Don't you believe me? Why do you have to blame it on me? Who gave you the right? Who sent you up here? The sheriff. Uh, that's not true, Miss Major Tetley. The sheriff didn't even know we were coming. No, but I did. That's right, Mapes. Mr. Davies, perhaps I should have said the deputy sheriff. That makes it quite legal, I believe. Listen, man, I'm not trying to obstruct justice. But this lad is only asking what he's entitled to, a fair trial. Martin... You say you're innocent. 
I, for one, believe you. Well, that makes you the only one, Davey. <laughs> All right, men. Tie them up. Let's do this. You, All right, let's you don't go. mean you're going to... You can't. I've got some kids. One of them is just a baby. Just give us some time. That's all I want. A little time. You've had too much already. Just time to write a letter, that's all. I've got to write a letter. If you're human, you'll give me time for that. Major Tetley, that's not so much to ask. I believe you may have a point, Mr. Davies. Mapes, what time is it? I'm after three. Gentlemen, we don't want to give anyone case for complaint. With your permission, we'll wait until daylight. Give Reverend Sparks the time to settle his business at leisure. Walk together, children. Don't you get weary. He gave the letter to me, Major Tetley. Asked me to take it to his wife. If only you'd read it. It's such a fine letter. I'm not disputing that, Mr. Davies. But if it's an honest letter, it's none of my business to read it. And if it isn't, I have no interest in it. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. Won't any of you read it? Any of you? Why not? Is it because you don't want to know the truth? It's a beautiful letter. If you just read it, you'll know he's not the kind of man who could steal or kill. That kind of argument don't stand up against branded cattle and bills of sale. I was just hoping. Gentlemen, it's daybreak. Major Tetley, I'm warning you, if we hang these men and they're innocent, we're due to be hanged ourselves. Then I suggest we act as a unit so there can be no question of mistaken reprisal. Mr. Davies? Are you willing to abide by a majority decision? How about the rest of you? Well, all right. All who agree with Mr. Davies for putting this off and turning it over to the courts, step over here. Mr. Davies, one. And me, sir. Sparks, that's two. Well, uh, me too, I suppose. Mr. Darby. Count me in. I'm with Mr. Davies. Gerald. Anyone else? Four of you, eh? Mr. Davies, that's hardly a majority. Come on, what are we waiting for? Barnley will do this in an orderly manner. Tie their hands behind them. Put them on their horses. The second limb on that oak will hold them all. Smith, you get up there and tie the ropes. I sure will. Barnley will whip one horse out. You bet I will. Mapes will whip out the second. 
Right, Major. Gerald, you'll whip the third. I could see it now. The terrible, quiet cruelty of the man, forcing his son, a boy like Gerald, to be an executioner. But it was fate, I thought, that Gerald should fail him this once again. At the very last moment, the boy turned away, sobbing and choking, until Tetley stepped forward, struck him down with his gun, and whipped the third horse out himself. Then as those three figures kicked convulsively in the air, he turned to Farnley very quietly. Finish them, Farnley. Right. Oh, that's done. Hey, that's done with. Now we can. Hey, you there! What's going on? It's the sheriff. Hey, it's the sheriff. Uh, what's up there? What's all the shooting for? There they are, sheriff. We got them all right. Got who, Mapes? What you talking about? Kincaid's murderers. We got all three of them. <laughs> and hung them too. You must. Be local. Larry Kincaid ain't dead. Not dead. But we thought. I just left Kincaid with the doctor. And I got the fellas that shot him, too. Oh, no. What are you talking about? These fellas, they. Larry's cattle and no bill of sale and. Give me your badge, Mapes. Oh, sure. Oh, no. Mr. Davies, I know you well enough to know you didn't have anything to do with this. I'm depending on you to tell me who did. All but four. <sighs> well, God better have mercy on the rest of them, as they ain't going to get any from me. I'll meet you at Judge Tyler's in the morning. Go! Gentlemen, Gentlemen, under the circumstances, I think we better return to our home. I'm going into my study, Gerald. I wish to be alone. I want to talk to you first. I have no desire to discuss anything with you. No, because you've got an idea of what I want. You've got an idea of what I want to say. You loved it, didn't you? I saw your face, the face of a depraved and murderous beast. You knew in your heart those men were innocent, but you were cold crazy to see them hang, to make me see it too. Go ahead, go into your study, Go and hide behind your door, Major Tetley. That won't do you any good because I know the truth about you now. I'm not the coward in this family. You are. You're the coward. You're the... Go ahead. Put a bullet in yourself. Doesn't change anything. You're the coward. You, you, 
Don't nobody want to buy a drink? No, I don't. I ain't running the saloon for my health, you know. Well, I, I don't feel like a drink right now. Funny thing, me neither. Would some of you boys like me to tell you why? Oh, lay off, Davies. Because I asked you to read a letter, and you wouldn't. You wouldn't even listen to it. But you're going to listen. No. You're going to listen to it now. Oh. I'm going to read it to you. It says, Dear wife, Mr. Davies will tell you what is happening here tonight. He's done everything he can for me. I suppose there are some other good men here too, only they don't seem to realize what they're doing. They're the ones I feel sorry for. They'll have to go on remembering this all their lives. A man just naturally can't take the law into his own hands and hang people without hurting everybody in the world. Because then he's just not breaking one law, but all laws. Law is a lot more than words you put on a book. Or judges, lawyers, sheriffs you hire to carry it out. It's sort of like... the the conscience of the world and when you hit it that you hit it everybody everywhere there's more but it's kind of personal I don't think he'd want me to read it besides I think you've heard enough yeah I uh, I gotta be going anyway I think so. Me too. They're gone now. The town looks almost deserted again. A blazing sun. One dusty street and nothing moving. Just an old, tired, mongrel dog. It won't be remembered very long small thing not much you might say just an incident Jesus walk this walk some valley he had to walk it by himself oh You have just heard the Hollywood soundstage production of 20th Century Fox Studios' great dramatic hit, The Oxbow Incident, starring Charlie Ruggles as Mr. Davies and Edward Arnold as Major Tetley. Now before our final curtain falls, one final word of thanks to our stars, Mr. Arnold, Mr. Ruggles, and the Screen Guild players, for a magnificent story magnificently told. Believe me, you can all be proud of this wonderful half hour you've given us.
The Oxbow Incident was presented through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox producers of Daryl F. Zanuck's 12 O'Clock High. Remember, next Thursday night, the Hollywood Soundstage returns with You Belong to Me, starring Lucille Ball and Don Amici. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Our Project Audion presentation of the Oxbow Incident was directed by Pete Lutz, and our cast consisted of the following players. Paul Arbisi as Davies. Chris Messersmith as Major Tetley. Jack Ward as Gerald. Carl Thomas as Reverend Sparks. Dana Gonzalez as Martin. Ken Rainey as Green, the Mexican, and Dad. John Malden as Darby. John Bell as the Judge. Pete Lutz as Farnley, Norman Klein as Smith, Denise Klein as Ma, Lothar Tuppen as Mapes, and Larry Groby as the Sheriff. And this is Angela Young, your announcer. That's our show for today. Be sure to check out all Project Audion's episodes available on YouTube or Facebook. And if you like us, drop us a line at project.audion at gmail.com. Until we meet again online, thanks for listening. And that's this week's performance from the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another classic performance. For our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.